So the way I think of devotion, confidence, a lot of times when I consider this, for me, it's I am married to my practice. I'm married to my practice. I'm married to the Dharma. Think of the wedding vows that we take. This practice comes first. Mindfulness Outreach Initiative is a nonprofit insight meditation organization located in Omaha, Nebraska. We provide meditation instruction based on ethics, compassion, and wisdom, as well as social outreach programs based on transformation and healing. To join the MOI community or to practice generosity, please visit our website at mindfulnessoutreachinitiative.org. Welcome, everyone. Glad you're all here. Tonight, I thought I would talk about the uh, five spiritual faculties, specifically one of the five spiritual faculties. These five spiritual faculties, uh, many of you are probably familiar with them. You may not know them as a list of five. So the five spiritual faculties are faith, energy, mindfulness, concentration, and wisdom. Many of you here have been practicing meditation for a long time. If you've been practicing for a year consistently, daily for a year, we could, we could say that's a long time. In the grand scheme of things, it's also just beginning your practice. For some of you, you're really new to practice. But I think no matter how new you are to this practice or how long you've been practicing, Reflect just now in this moment on these five spiritual faculties. Faith, or what is sometimes called confidence or devotion. Energy. Sometimes we might think of it as making effort. Mindfulness. Concentration and wisdom, or insight. So if you're sitting here, go ahead and close your eyes, or if you're with us online, close your eyes, and notice, even in your mind at this very moment, can you recognize these spiritual faculties? I think there's probably some quality of faith or you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be dedicating this time to hearing the Dharma. We have all made effort. We're all recognizing that quality of energy, the energy that supports the attention, the energy that brought you here. There's an awareness in the mind, right? There's a knowing quality in the mind. The mindfulness, being present, aware, allowing. And just as I've invited you to reflect upon the mind, there's concentration. There's a steady quality to the mind. Just in the self-reflection. And there's wisdom. There's this insight. There's already, as a result of your practice, as a result of hearing the Dharma, there is a familiarity of mind. an insight into recognizing the changing nature of your experience. And then you can begin to shift your attention, maybe opening the eyes. 
So tonight, I'm going to talk about the first of the five, which is faith. Generally, I refer to this as confidence. This is usually when I speak about this particular faculty of mind. It's sometimes called the the controlling faculties, I believe, or spiritual faculties. This quality of confidence. A lot of times when we begin our practice, we might feel that we're borrowing the confidence of someone else. You meet someone who has experienced the benefits of practice, and they share their, their account with you. And they're very excited, and they're, they're happy to share. They're joyful in, in their experience. And you can borrow their confidence in a way. And it can help motivate you to explore the Dharma for yourself, to find out for yourself. The encouragement that we so frequently emphasize here is to find out for yourself, not to just take anyone's word for it, but as you hear these instructions for practice, to find the truth for yourself, the experiential recognition of, ah, yes, this is true. And then that furthers that sense of confidence. So initially, you maybe have a teacher who says, this is good for you. You should try this. It leads to happiness. It leads away from suffering. Put these instructions into practice. And you're like, eh, maybe. Okay, I guess I'll try it. I'll put it to the test. I trust you. I trust what you're saying. But I'm going to put it to the test. I'm going to find out for myself. You make this great effort to sit on your meditation cushion for five minutes. Close your eyes, and you notice all of the doubt in the mind of, what am I doing here? This is a waste of time. I should be doing something else. And you adjust and you move. But you also notice something else. You notice the mind beginning to soften. Relax, settle, a sense of calm shows up. Or your experience is, wow, I never realized just how busy my mind is. My mind is like a wild animal. It's all over the place. No wonder. No wonder my life is running wild. This mind is wild. And so you begin to gain some self-recognition, some self-knowledge, some self-understanding. And this is that seed of what begins to become the confidence in the practice. Because no matter how you see your mind in that initial five minutes of dedicated meditation practice, where you make your first great effort to sit still for five minutes, you begin to see, like, oh, there's really something to this. There really is benefit to be had in being present, in being aware, in seeing clearly. And then you begin to find that this confidence supports the effort that you make from that point on. You begin to sit for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. As you do that familiarity of mind, the quality of that deepens. Your capacity of mind expands to hold experiences that are unpleasant, to hold experiences that are pleasant. You sit for an hour, and there's a whole new relationship to all of the discomfort that shows up in the body. A discomfort that before would have prevented you from really seeing a lot of how the mind is in relationship to experience. 
but now you have this capacity, this steadfast quality to be with it without resistance. And there's so much greater ease in the body in meeting experiences that are unpleasant. The body relaxes even around unpleasant experiences of difficult, painful sensations in the body from sitting still in your meditation practice for an hour. And that quality of mind is directly translatable to how you meet unpleasant experiences in your everyday life. Coming into contact with somebody that you find disagreeable, but yet you have the capacity to be with what is unpleasant. It's not just an ache in the back. It can be the ache that someone brings to you in their disposition. And you can be with that without it throwing you off center. So you're able to respond from that place of wisdom rather than responding from a place of aversion or from a deluded mind that thinks that you can somehow control someone else. So with this familiarity of mind, this capacity of mind, you're able to meet the world with a greater equanimity and you're able to exhibit the qualities that you most want to see in the world. Kindness, understanding, generosity, goodwill, compassion. And all of this comes out of a wisdom. Not because anyone has told you this is what you should do, this is how you should behave, but because you have seen for yourself the result of such practices in the mind. Confidence grows. Confidence supports the effort that you make, the energy that you direct in your life. The confidence supports being mindful. The concentration. All this works together, these five spiritual faculties of mind. Confidence, devotion. Devotion to the practice, a confidence in yourself. This path very much is a way of recognizing, strengthening, cultivating your own personal power. Personal power to meet the world just as it is. To make no demands of the world, but just to meet it. Your confidence will make other people uncomfortable. It's not an arrogant confidence. It's just a confidence that results from clear seeing. It's a faith. It can be confidence in the Dharma, faith in the Dharma. And again, it's not a blind faith. You hear the Dharma, you recognize the truth of it, you experience the truth of it. You can then trust in the promises that are made. It's not a blind faith. It's a faith based on personal experience. Your confidence in the Dharma is there. Your confidence in the Buddha, the historic Buddha, and the potential in yourself that the Buddha represents. When you come here to Mindfulness Outreach Initiative and you enter this space, you feel the result of past practice. A lot of people have been here, sat on these cushions, and directed their attention to observing the mind. No greater undertaking. To sit down, observe the mind, to free the mind of suffering. So many people have sat on these cushions and practiced metta, radiating goodwill in all directions. And I can't say how it works. All I can tell you is that nearly everyone who has ever come here has commented on 
it feels good to be here. I don't know how that works. I have confidence that it works. <laughs> I don't know how it works, but I experience the results of it. You have confidence in your teacher, teachers, everyone who teaches here, everyone who shares the Dharma here. You have confidence in them. You get to know these people. You get to know me. You can recognize the sincerity in our practice. Confidence is supported in every time we teach, we also probably mention how we are not perfect. We're not enlightened beings. We're doing our best, just like everyone else. Notice when your mind sets someone up on a pedestal. One of these important teachings is there's no one superior, there's no one inferior. There's no one. I always think that's a neat little riddle. There's no one superior, there's no one inferior, and there's no one that you're going to see eye to eye. No one like the same, because there's no one. Wherever you look, not self. The empty nature, empty of a sense of self, empty of self. It's not that you are no one. It's just wherever you look, there's no one to be found. Wonderful paradox. You're there and you're not at the same time. What a relief. I don't have to take myself so seriously. Are you confident? Do you have some confidence in, in your teachers? Do you have some confidence in the Dharma? Confidence in the Buddha? Was the Buddha a real dude? Did he make promises that were unrealistic? Did he ask you to do anything that seems far-fetched? The Buddha even said, I'm not asking you to do anything. If it weren't possible, I wouldn't ask you to do it. If it weren't possible to free the mind of heart of suffering, I wouldn't ask you to do it. Do you recognize the quality of confidence in yourself? Do you see it as a spiritual faculty? That to have confidence is onward leading for your practice, that it supports your practice? Do you cultivate confidence? Every time we take refuge, there's some confidence in the refuges, right? Taking refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. If we didn't have confidence that they were wise refuges to take, we would have a lot of doubt. I don't know if the, these people are cool to hang out with. <laughs> but we have confidence that, oh, you know, everyone here, they're sincere in their practice. Before I mention that sometimes you will make other people uncomfortable with your confidence. Tough for them. It's not an arrogant confidence. It's a faith in your ability to free the mind. It's a faith in the instructions that you follow to do that. It's a faith in cultivating kindness, goodwill, and generosity. Not kindness, goodwill, and generosity that is for its own sake. It's kindness, goodwill, generosity that is resting on that foundation of wisdom. It's not just being compassionate for the sake of compassion. It's being compassionate with wisdom supporting it. 
wise compassion, wise mindfulness, wise effort, wise speech. It wasn't too long ago that someone tried to tell me that I was too confident. I really, uh, I thought that was funny. Because <laughs> I definitely don't think of myself as being uh, too confident. <laughs> when you express yourself, sometimes it's not always going to be well-received. When you communicate to people where you're at, it's not always going to be well-received. So the best thing to do is to make sure that you really understand what is this quality of confidence in the mind? What is it really talking about? What is it pointing to as a spiritual faculty? Do you have this confidence? You know, we all have these five spiritual faculties. And as we develop them, as we cultivate them, they support our practice. They support our onward leading momentum, effort, trajectory. That's why I wanted to offer some encouragement to really consider these five spiritual faculties, specifically confidence. I will probably talk more about these each time I give a talk. Maybe I'll just kind of stay in touch with these five spiritual faculties over the course of the next few months. I'll just keep talking about one after the other. Sometimes people have some conditioning uh, related to the word faith. Sometimes faith doesn't land too well with certain people because it brings up connotations of you know, a particular worldview, a religion, that sort of thing. To me, it did in the sense that I was not interested in hearing about blind faith, of just have faith. It's like, to me, that doesn't make any sense to just have faith. But when I think about Dharma practice, the faith that comes to mind is faith that's really, it's in connection to something. It's like, I have faith that there will be a tomorrow. Because each night when I go to sleep, I experience a tomorrow. It's based on what has been experienced. I have some faith that the sun will rise tomorrow. It's not guaranteed, but there's some faith there. There's some confidence based on my experience. That's what's going to happen. With the practicing the Dharma, I've practiced this, and it's bare, it's bared results. There's been a promise made that if you practice this, these will be the results. And so when you practice, you go on that initial you have confidence in someone. You have some faith in what they're saying. You put it to the test and you make that initial effort. You practice. And then you find that, yes, it's true. There are these results. Has anyone here not experienced the kind of results that we've talked about? Like, hey, if you practice, this is what you'll begin to see in the mind. This is what you'll begin to experience. So you see that firsthand for yourself. That establishes that confidence that there's all these other things that are mentioned and teach and taught in the Dharma, through the suttas, shared from teachers. If all of this has been accurate and true, and if what they're sharing me is rooted in the Dharma, spoken by the Buddha, given as instruction, if I've practiced this and the results have come to bring fruit, then I can have confidence that if I continue to make these efforts, practice these instructions, that there will be continued fruit, continued results, as promised. Really employ your critical thinking skills here. Is it true? Have you experienced? Is there fruit 
that results from the efforts that you've made in your practice? Can you see changes in the mind and how you are in relationship to the world around you? Are you freer? Is there less suffering because you're making skillful choices in your life? There's a wise understanding now as a result of having practiced. So now you're wise in relationship to the world around you. You're no longer creating suffering for yourself by being unskillful. The reason why I really emphasize use your critical thinking skills here is because there's inevitably going to be instructions in the Dharma that you just don't have an interest in, or maybe there's not a, a predilection. For me personally, what comes to mind is concentration. I have people that are friends of mine, people that I'm very close to, who are adept at concentration. I don't know, there seems to be just a, a natural ease into moving into those concentrated states. And then for me, it's very challenging, very challenging to concentrate the mind. But yet I have an affinity for insight practice. Whereas maybe some of my other friends, they, they don't have that same affinity for insight practice, but they have that affinity towards concentration practice. But I know that if I really made effort, I too could really begin to cultivate that quality of concentration in the mind. It just doesn't come as easy to me as it may come easy for somebody else. Keep that in mind when you think about, you know, well, I follow these instructions and it didn't happen for me. Sometimes you have to make a heroic effort. And other times you just have an intention and it all unfolds. Because there's no way of really knowing how all this past conditioning has supported your mind up to this point to realize these truths that you're recognizing as a result of seeing clearly. Faith. Confidence. If, if faith is a tricky word for you, just you know, notice that. Be mindful of that. What's that like in the mind? How does the word land in the mind? What's the feeling tone? If, if it's an unpleasant feeling tone, can you abandon the craving? Let go of the aversion to the word. Come into a new relationship with the word. It's really amazing when you stop fighting, when you let go of the conflict, when you let go of the aversion, when you stop craving and you just meet things as they are. And it's just, oh, it's just faith. It's just, a, it's a word. It has no personal implications. It points to something that I can, I can really connect to. There's no history to this word. And that comes with practice, because there's going to be a history for certain people. There's going to be a history to something like a word of faith. But in time, it'll have a deeper meaning. It'll have a, a, meaning, a meaning that you're more connected to, because it actually is pointing to something that you've discovered through your own direct experience. And if it's helpful, switch the words around. Confidence. I really like confidence, the quality of confidence. So what do you think of when you hear the word confidence? There could be some history with that word as well might think of people being arrogant, self-centered, confident. Hopefully, as I've talked about this, you have a, uh, an understanding of what this is as a spiritual faculty.
It's the trust you place in the instructions and your teacher, in yourself, to realize the truth. So do you have confidence? Do you have some confidence in your teachers? I imagine you do. You're here. (laughs) Do you have confidence in your practice? When things are tough for you, do you meditate? When things are fantastic for you, do you meditate? Have confidence in your practice. Whether things are pleasant or unpleasant, confidence in your practice. Confidence in yourself. Or what I might say too is confidence in the Buddha. The Buddha has shown us our own potential for awakening. Do you have confidence in yourself that you can free the heart and mind of suffering? In this life, right here, right now, not tomorrow, right here, right now, there's only now, is the mind free? If you have some greed in the mind, do you have the confidence of like, oh, I can be skillful with this quality in the mind. I can be mindful and see that the greed comes and goes. I don't have to act upon what the greed is pointing to. I can just see it change. Do you have confidence that if there is aversion in the mind, ah, this is uncomfortable, Ah, it's too cold in here. Can you be mindful of that aversion and see it change? What is there to be in conflict with when you see it change? Confidence in yourself to follow these instructions, to free the heart and mind, to cultivate wisdom through clear seeing. Do you know how awesome that is? Have you ever seen those people that explain what compound interest is? If you invest this much with compound interest in this amount of time, you will have this much. And you're like, wow, that's crazy. Wish I had known that when I was 20. That's what you see a lot of times online with these sort of explanations. And it's something like uh, Einstein talking about how compound interest was the eighth wonder of the world or something like that. That's what this is. The Dharma, the, the ability to make this kind of effort, to free the mind, it's like, it works like compound interest. In each moment of mindfulness, you beget more mindfulness. It's like if you've ever had the question of how can I be more mindful? Be mindful. <laughs> be mindful, and you will be more mindful. That's how it's done. Present, aware, clearly recognizing just what's happening in your direct experience, that strengthens the next moment of being mindful. That's what compound interest is. Mindfulness begets mindfulness. And all of that deepens that sense of confidence in what you're doing, why you came here tonight on such a cold night. What's wrong with you? You could have stayed home where it's warm and cozy and your favorite Netflix show. But that's not what you chose to do because there's some wisdom there already as a result of your practice. You're like, I hear what I need to hear when I go to listen to the Dharma. It supports my effort to move in skillful directions in my life. Are you moving in skillful directions in your life? The answer is yes. You're here. You're online, hopefully watching. One of the things that I always emphasize 
in my talks is to really just encourage people to reflect upon their goodness. Your confidence in the Dharma is a good thing. Recognize that. Strengthen that quality of confidence in yourself, in the Dharma. Get to know your teachers so that you have a confidence in in their sincerity for practice. Another word that's used is devotion. Are you devoted? And what's that like, to be devoted? It's a quality in the mind that we're practicing, this devotion, this confidence, this faith. So the way I think of devotion, confidence, a lot of times when I consider this, for me, it's I am married to my practice. And I've kind of, I've unpacked this for one of my friends, and, and it's such a cool analogy, and it really just, it's amazing as you, as you begin to really consider it. I'm married to my practice. I'm married to the Dharma. Think of the wedding vows that we take. This practice comes first. Establish mindfulness in the front, right here, meaning always be mindful. Have that continuity of mindfulness. Confidence is supported by certain causes. The, the spiritual faculties are supported by certain causes and conditions that we can put in place that will help us develop these spiritual faculties. One of these causes that supports confidence in the practice, confidence just as a spiritual faculty, is attention given to the impermanent nature of all objects of consciousness. When you direct your attention to recognizing the impermanent changing nature of all things, that strengthens confidence. If you want to develop more confidence in your practice, continue to practice the instructions that you find with Vipassana Insight Meditation. Simply sit down, recognize the changing nature of each moment's experience, of whatever's most predominantly being known. Another condition that supports confidence is an attitude of care and respect for your meditation practice. An attitude of care and respect. When you come here, it's wonderful to encourage everyone to connect. Strengthening Sangha. Many of you are, you're all familiar faces. And that's, that's fantastic. It's so great. It's really the strengthening of our sangha here. And when you step into this space, remember this care and respect that you give to yourself and to your practice. The care and respect that we give ourselves is dignity. That's, that's what dignity is. It's the respect you give yourself. If you want to be a dignified individual, you respect. Offer this respect. You don't get it from anyone else. This, you know, dignity is something that you give yourself. Sure, other people respect you, I'm sure, but what I'm saying is this quality of dignity is something that you give yourself. That same quality of care and respect, we offer it to the place where we practice. The area where you sit and meditate at home, and when you come here, the care and respect that you give this space. When, when you come to visit, 
and many of you notice that we, we now have a Buddha showing respect to the Buddha. In all traditions of practice, there's that respect given to the, to the Buddha. When you come here, maybe before you take your seat on the cushion, look to the Buddha, look to the statue of the Buddha, and bow, offer that respect. And really understand what is being practiced. You're not, you're not bowing to a deity. You're not bowing to a statue. What you're bowing to is ah, my potential for awakening. The Buddha showed me the way. This is the path. Whatever can be done through effort, that I can do. You're bowing to your own potential for awakening. You're offering that care and that respect. You're, it's this introduction of an aspect of ceremony, of ceremoniously like, ah, yes, I am here to become intimate with myself and all things, to meet everything wholeheartedly, just as it is. When you're on retreat, you see everyone doing this. They walk into the meditation hall and they all bow to the Buddha. Some people from different traditions may even do uh, full prostrations to the Buddha. But again, it's not in worship of some, you know, the Buddha was just a fellow human being. He was the path discoverer. Thus, he was a Buddha. So this is one of those causes and conditions that support the quality of confidence. Another is an unbroken continuity of mindfulness, unbroken continuity of awareness. This is something that we encourage, that we do our best to emphasize It feels challenging at times, the idea to like, oh, I've got to be mindful all day long. You don't have to be mindful all day long. Just be mindful in this moment. That's the instruction. Be mindful in this very moment. And now this moment. And now this moment. And when you have that continuity, before you know it, you have been mindful 24-7. Just this moment. That's it. There's nothing else. There's only this moment. No past, no future. Just right here, right now. There's no getting enlightened tomorrow. Right here, right now. Consider these qualities in the mind, reflect upon the quality of confidence. Understand that these initial few causes and conditions that I've shared with you can help strengthen the quality of confidence in the mind, quality of faith in the mind. Again, the first is an attention given to the impermanent changing nature of things. The second is care and respect to your meditation practice. And the third is continuity of mindfulness. Can you be mindful and still get up from the meditation cushion after the talk is over? Can you stand mindfully? Can you then begin to engage with one another in a friendly, unedited way, mindfully? You can. It's not like you have to self-edit it's not like you, oh, I've got, to be, I've got to be my idea of mindful. No, be mindful. Don't be your idea of what mindfulness is. Be mindful, which is to know what's happening as it's happening. Know that you're smiling when you're smiling. Know that you're making eye contact when you're making eye contact. Know that you're speaking when you're speaking. Be 100% yourself, authentic, fully experiencing each moment. 
Many of you probably already feel this quality of confidence in your practice. A lot of what I've shared with you tonight is probably pretty familiar to you. You can recognize it in the mind as I talk about it, this quality of confidence, this spiritual faculty. And it's there because you've probably already been practicing these causes that support it being there. When you meditate, you're seeing the changing nature. You're offering care and respect to this practice. And we're all doing our best, as I mentioned before. Nothing has to be perfect. It already is perfect. It's one of those other kind of nice little paradoxes. At least that's the way I see it. Everything is perfect. And like Shizuki Roshi said, everything's perfect, but it could use a little improvement. You're perfect, but you could use a little improvement. Bring yourself to this moment. I invite you to close the eyes. You can let go of everything that's been said. And if anyone ever tells you you're too confident, you can just smile to yourself. In this moment, is the confidence well supported? Are you mindful? Are you taking care? Is there respect given to this moment? Are you recognizing? Are you seeing and knowing change? Let there be no doubt. You are fully equipped to reach the goal. You are fully equipped in this moment to be kind to be understanding and compassionate to yourself and others. Forgive yourself, forgive others. Rest in the confidence of, the, of your own good effort. of the quality of confidence as a spiritual faculty, you will never forget it. It will support you throughout your life.
be present and be at peace. Abandon craving. Simply see the truth that everything is changing. Whatever has the nature to arise will also pass away. There's nothing to want. Relax. benefit of this practice be a cause and a condition for our own awakening and the awakening of all beings everywhere without exception. May there be peace of mind. May there be joy in life. May there be insight and wisdom. Thank you all so much for being here tonight. And just as a reminder, it is the first Tuesday of the month, so inviting you all to stick around for some tea and, and engagement. Thank you all. Thank you for listening. We know your time is valuable, so we are grateful you choose to spend it with the MOI community. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. To make an offering, please visit us at mindfulnessoutreachinitiative.org and tune in each week for more Dharma talks, reflections, and teachings centered in the insight meditation tradition.